Great. Well, hi, everybody. How's everyone going tonight? Good. Fantastic. Excellent. Good to see. Well, tonight we're going to talk about patience and think about patience. So who's excited about that? Yeah, a few people. That's good to see. Great. So patience is one of those things that some people are naturally good at and others are naturally not quite so good at. I don't know if you can put up your hand if you're good at being patient. Oh, a couple of people there. Put up your hand if you're bad at being patient. Oh, yeah, lots more hands there. Okay, put up your hand if you live with someone who's bad at being patient. Yeah, a few others there too. Yep, excellent. All right, so, um, yes, an interesting topic and a challenging one and one that's very practical for us. So in tonight's message, what we're going to be doing is through the first half of the sermon, we won't be so much looking at the Bible, but we're talking about the topic more generally, and we'll really get on to some good Bible passages in the second half of the talk tonight. So um, yeah, patience is one of those yeah, amazing things and definitely worthwhile thinking about. Um, now the other, um, the other thing I've noticed is that each of us have different feelings and emotions from time to time. So you might have particular kind of weeks or months or seasons where you are generally patient and quite relaxed. And at the same time you might have weeks or months and seasons when you are really bad at being patient and um, yeah, frustration is really overcoming you. I think that one of the biggest enemies of patience is frustration. And I also think when we are frustrated with one thing, that frustration can tend to carry over onto other things. Have you ever seen that happen? Someone, yourself, or it's probably easier to see in someone else than it is to see in yourself. But someone you know, maybe someone you live with even, maybe someone you're sitting next to right now, um, may have had a time where they're frustrated with one particular thing, so because of that frustration, that carries over into other things as well. It may be that if a person's really frustrated at work, they come home from work and then they end up blowing up their whole family and getting really upset with them. Or it might be, especially if you come from Sydney as I do, I don't have this trouble now, but when you live in Sydney and you have this big fight through the peak hour traffic to get home, you're just frustrated, worn out, you get home and sometimes you can let your family have it from there. Um, I also think patience is one of those things that is really issue-specific. That is for you. Um, You might be very patient with some things, but with other things you might be very impatient. What would that be for you? I wonder if you can take a moment to talk to the person next to you or the person in front of or behind you about something that you really struggle with patience in, so a particular topic. I won't give you any suggestions because I'm sure you can come up with a few for yourself there. Right, you should be on your second person by now. You guys got it all sorted out? Excellent, great. Okay, so let's have a few, just people call out a few things. Um, what do we have as ones that came up there? Slow drivers. Slow drivers, yeah, impatience. They always keep you late for those things, isn't it? Bosses. Sorry? Bosses. Bosses, yeah, impatience with bosses, yeah. Two-year-olds, impatience, yeah, just wish they would learn how to do things for themselves a bit quicker. Yeah, what else have we got? Oh, yes, that's, a, that's probably an angering thing rather than a, a patience topic, isn't it? So, 
Yeah, you should shoot. Yeah, anyway. Um, what else have we got? A couple more? Sorry? Yeah. Somebody wants to slow down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good one, yeah. And one other? When you see your own faults in others. When you see your own faults in others, yeah, that's something we can get quite impatient with. Now, we all get impatient at different times over different things. I wonder if anyone has ever felt impatient for a sermon to finish. <laughs> you ever had that? I have once or twice, not in this church, but in other churches I've been in before. Um, I wonder if you've ever felt impatient for a sermon to start. Now, I can guarantee you, if I, if I just stopped here for a minute or so, maybe even five minutes, I'm sure you'd be very impatient. You might even start walking out the door or um, heading off for supper, whatever it might be. Now, I heard a preacher um, do a sermon on patience a few years ago, and the way he started the sermon was with giving an illustration. He actually showed up five minutes late for the sermon. He was the senior pastor of a large church, and um, they said, oh, you know, the guy's going to come and give the sermon. Now, I can't remember what his name was, but he's going to come. And, and they're like, where is he? And he was just out, out in the room, just hiding, having a coffee and just taking it easy. It was all set up and everything like that. And he came in and really slammed people and said, you guys are so impatient. You could not even wait five minutes for me to come and start. So anyway, it was a bit of an illustration. I decided not to do that tonight because I thought you might just feel angry with me as opposed to learning about the topic. Anyway... So patience is a topic that's very relevant to our lives. If we have it, if we have patience in abundance, our life can be better. St. Augustine, um, from hundreds of years ago, said that patience is the companion of wisdom. Patience is the companion of wisdom. That's a good thing. And if we don't have patience, our lives can be worse for it. In fact, a lack of patience can really mess up our lives in a big way. There's an old Chinese proverb that I found on the internet that said, one moment of patience may ward off a great disaster and one moment of impatience can ruin a whole life. Very profound and kind of penetrating words there. Another reason I think it's good to have patience is because that if we want to achieve the things that we're setting out to achieve, we need to have perseverance and patience. And I think those that perseverance and patience really go together quite a bit. Um, I know one particular uh, married couple who went over to Papua New Guinea as Bible translators. And when they went there, they knew that it was going to be not just a six-month project or two years or five years, but 20 years. They went over there to an island of 4,000 people. And when they got there, these people spoke with their own language and it was one that no one from outside of that island knew. So when they got there, they had to actually just sit with the people and try to learn the language and try to sort it out. And I can't imagine how difficult that must have been and um, how hard it would have been to stick at it. But they did that. They had to devise an alphabet after that, teach the people to read and write, and then start to translate the Bible from Hebrew and Greek into um, that particular language. It's an amazing job they did. I have a lot of respect for them. Um, and it's amazing just to think that's the sort of thing that you can achieve when you can have the patience and perseverance to stick at something for 20 years. I wonder how many of us have that sort of patience. Even to stick at one job for 20 years, that can be quite a hard thing to do. So it's really worth thinking about this topic. If we can grow in patience, then we'll be more likely to get what we want in life. We'll be more likely to achieve our goals more likely to serve other people and better able to live for God. And as we do that, we'll be more likely to be blessed by God 
So patience is a good thing. And as we go through tonight, hopefully you'll be able to see how important it is and that you'll really have a yearning and a thirst for patience by the end. Now, an important thing to acknowledge right up front is that we live in a world where patience is not a popular thing. People realise they want something and they want it now, as soon as they've realised for it, realise that they want it. In fact, you could go one step further and say that people, when they realise they want something, they wanted to have it yesterday. They wish they already had it before they even realised that they wanted it. They might not be able to afford it, they might not deserve it, but they still want it. And sadly, in today's world, in 21st century Western society, often we get given things that we don't deserve and that we haven't earned at those sort of times. So I think that really fuels our impatience. We have so many luxuries, so many instant fixes that it is just amazing. Um, I can even think back to just a few years ago. Um, in my 30s now, so I'm feeling like a really old bloke. And I remember the good old days when, when you wanted to change the channel on the TV, you had to get up and walk from your seat to the TV. And if you wanted to do a bit of channel surfing, you had to stand there for the whole duration of your channel surfing. You, you don't need to do that these days. So that was, that was, things have really changed now. And if you, back in the days, you used to just have videos not DVDs, and you can't just kind of skip over a whole lot of things. You would need to either fast forward or rewind the tape, and that might take all of 30 or 40 seconds to do, not just kind of flipping it straight there like you can on DVDs. Um, I remember an old episode of The Simpsons, Homer Simpson's there, and for those of you who don't know him, he's the guy who just loves food and um, yeah, loves having everything that he wants straight away. And he gets some piece of food, it was probably like a triple cheeseburger with extra cheese on top or something like that. And he had to cook it and get it ready. And he put it into the micro microwave and realised it was going to be 30 seconds before it was ready. And I remember what he said, he said, 30 seconds, I want it now. That's too long. He didn't have the patience to wait that long. Other examples that we see these days, I keep getting emails these days offering me instant university degrees. Have you ever had one of those? I don't quite know how that works, but I haven't investigated it. But um, also you get like electrical and white goods. You tend to be able to go up to a shop, sign a few bits of paper and take it home with you that day. Even though it costs over $1,000, they'll say, don't worry about that, mate. Three or four years, you don't have to pay anything. Um, yeah, you can just take what you want. You don't have to work for it. The same thing with car loans and mortgages. So we live in a world that tends to want everything right now. And at times we might start to think that if we have to work for it or if we have to wait for it, then it's probably not quite worth the effort. So living in this world of quick fixes and getting things immediately can really lead us to losing our way in life as we lose our sense of purpose and we forget the things that are most important in life. And it's so important for us to hold fast to those things that are most crucial for us. We're just going to watch our DVD up on the screen just now for a couple of minutes. So if you'd just like to turn your eyes and ears up there, that would be great. Wider freeways with narrower viewpoints. We spend more but have less. 
Yeah, I find that to be a really um, thought-provoking little presentation there and something that really stirs me up and reminds me of the world in which we live in today. And as you can see as you watch that there, that sometimes the, message of the messages of this world can come at us at a really frantic pace. We can get inundated with messages and with um, pressures of what we need to do or where we need to go. So it's so crucial that we need to stop and think about what is most important and make sure that we align our lives in that way. Of course, God is the most important thing in our lives, our relationship with Him, communication, relationships with other people, our values, those things that are important to us, and our long-term goals, those goals which are not about amassing wealth or luxuries for ourselves, but those long-term goals about building our life upon the foundation of Jesus Christ and building a life where we live for Him, and serve him with all our heart, soul, mind and strength. And our goals need to not just be about this life and this existence here, but about eternity as we have eyes for the world which is to come. So it's an environment that we're in where patience can be very difficult to develop. It's easy to get lost in life, easy to forget our sense of patience. So we want to live life to the full and we want to live for God. So we need to really stand up in a strong way for what we believe and for the direction that we're heading in. We need to make sure that we don't kind of get sucked in or washed away by what's going on around us. It's like if you go and stand down in the river. Has anyone done that lately down at Norial Park? Um, you know, stand in the river. And as you get in the shallow bits, it's not too cold there, you can just stand kind of ankle deep and water doesn't really put much of a force upon you. But as you go out to knee deep, and waist deep and even deeper, you start to get sucked along with the current and really influenced by what's around you in a big way. And as you go out further, it's impossible to stand up and you actually get taken down with the river. That's a bit of a good kind of illustration for me of what it's like being in this world, that if we're going to be out there in the middle, it's very hard to stand our ground, to be the people that we want to be without being influenced too much by the world around us. So we get to this point where we think, well, what are we going to do in terms of this problem? On one hand, we could get out of this world. We could just go, all right, we've had it, we're going to leave, get out of this world. But the problem is, this world is the only place that we can live. It's the only place with oxygen and water, food and shelter. So leaving the world might fix one problem, but it will cause a few others. So our other option is to stay in the world. And rather than getting swept away, we need to kind of harden up and get stronger and learn to stand our ground. If we're going to do this, we don't just need to look within ourselves, but we need to look to God, to his example, and we need to ask for his strength to do what he wants us to do. So in the second half of tonight's message, we want to really look at a few of these Bible passages and see what God says to us about patience and be inspired by him in this way. So it's really helpful first up to think about God's patience for us. You know those kind of sayings like it's easier to love when you feel loved 
Well, in the same way, it's easy to be patient with others when you feel like other people are being patient with us. Well, let's look to God first of all and realise that God, in regard to us, is really, 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 very, extremely patient with us. So a few good verses in 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 to 9. He writes there, But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So God has that advantage of being able to see the end from the beginning. He can see all time, at one time. He knows what has happened, what's happening now. He knows what's going to happen in future. So with that kind of help that he has there, he can be very patient with us. Good thing is we can be on the receiving end of that patience and that can help us and inspire us to be more patient about the people around us and about our lives. God has been patient with people just like us for thousands of years. We've all messed up and done the wrong thing from time to time. and We all keep on making mistakes. God could have lost his temper and just wiped us all out straight away, but he didn't do that. Now, some people have repented and turned back to God and some people just keep on going on their own way. But for God, he, he keeps on treating us according to his love, not according to our actions. He waits patiently and he will keep on waiting because he does not want anyone to perish. He wants people to turn to him and to keep on turning back to him. So he gives us time. God is patient. God bears with us. Because it's like he believes in us, he, ha- he trusts in us and he-, he knows that we can come through and he wants to see us come through. He doesn't so much see what we are but he sees what we can be and so he waits and hopes for us to keep on changing to be more like him. So God is patient with us and it's important to us that as we receive God's patience and we be grateful for God's patience that we return the favour. Now, I don't think God really needs us to be patient with him, but what he does want us to do is that if we're grateful for his patience, then we should be patient with people around us. This is what God really wants us to do. And the way in which we treat other people says a lot about who we are and says a lot about how we've allowed God to impact our lives. Over in the book of Colossians, Paul's writing there, and in the first two chapters he pours out a lot of theology, stuff about Christ, about the church, about who we are and what's going on. And then he moves on in chapter 3 to talk about the application. He talks about how we should live in response to what God has done for us. So in Colossians 3, reading from verse 12, we see one of these lists, a list of application that Paul writes for us. He says, guys, he's being fairly direct with us here. He says, therefore, as God's chosen people, which you are, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. So you see patience there in this list of one of about five or six different things. And he goes on to say more things that we need to do as a response to him. He says, bear with each other. And forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. 
Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So there's so many really good concepts in that passage there. There's kindness, love, patience, forgiving other people, loving other people, all that stuff. And this big list of how we're to respond, how we're to live when we've allowed God to transform and change our lives. And remember, it's not just a case of us trying harder and harder to be better, but it's allowing God by His Holy Spirit to work powerfully in our lives to bring about those things, that fruit of the Spirit. And as you grow in some areas, you grow in the other ones too. You might look at those different areas and struggle a bit in one or two of them and actually be going quite okay in others. But God is at work to try to cause you to be more and more like that. It's up to us to, to allow Him to do that powerful work in our lives. Over in 1 John, the first letter of John, um, talks about there, if we love God, then we will love other people. And also the fact that if we know God's love, then our relationships with other people will be characterised by that love. So love is just in there. Love and patience go together too, don't they? You can't, if you don't have patience, it's very hard to be loving for people because often at times... Loving and caring for people involves a lot of patience, also a lot of forgiveness. Another concept we see in there is the peace of Christ. The peace of Christ is something we just have growing us. And that peace of Christ comes as we know that we are forgiven and as we know that God has a plan for our life for the future. Now, when you trust in God's plan for your life, you have so much more patience. And sometimes when we're impatient, it's because we are forgotten about or we've forgotten to trust in this plan that God has for our lives. The word of Christ needs to dwell in us. This leads to praise and we need to do everything in the name of the Lord. This is a beautiful portrait here of a life that's been impacted and changed by God. Really good thing. All these things we read in Colossians 3 um, are important and crucial and valuable things for us to take time to develop and grow. So these elements of God's character that grow within us, they don't just kind of pop into our life overnight. Hopefully they start in our lives fairly quickly, but after that it's a real journey of developing and growing and nurturing those things in our lives. So we need to have patience as we do that. We need to keep on putting the hard work in, reading our Bibles, taking time in fellowship, being a learner at all times and really walking closely with God. And as we do that, we do that patiently, we keep hanging in there and we allow God to do that stuff in us. It's about knowing that God is developing that fruit of the Spirit in us. Also, as we keep that patience theme going, as we have patience, it really keeps our focus in life. A bit earlier in Colossians chapter 3, just the first few verses, Paul again writes some very powerful words there. And he talks to the people here a bit about their general direction in life and about what they have their eyes and their hearts set upon in life. He says here, Since then, this is from Colossians 3 verse 1, Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, 
where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. What a challenge for us, eh? Set our hearts and minds on things above. And he goes on to say why. He says, For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Now it's good to just stop for a moment and think, what are the main things that you really worry about in life? What are those things that really kind of keep you awake at night and that you just stress about and you make plans to try to overcome that little obstacle? Those things we worry about. I have things I worry about, um, but the things you worry about are probably slightly different to that. Probably some of them are the same as well. But I think as we have that, sometimes those things we worry about, like it, it's, it's because we, we feel like we need to take control of our life and our world. And there's you know, the stuff out there, and if we want it, we need to go out there and get it. We need to obtain that and earn it, or whatever it might be. Now, those things that we often worry about are often things of this world, aren't they? As you thought of those things that really worry you, um, were they things of the kingdom of God that God is making sure they happen or are they things that are more about your life and possibly selfish desires that you have? I know for me the things I worry about more so are probably those selfish little things that just gnaw away in my mind. I wish I could live more for God and you know, come before him and be worried more about his kingdom than about my kingdom. But I'm a human being, just like you, hey. And it's a challenge. So we need to keep on trying to set our hearts and minds on things above, not upon the things of this life. Now, it's very reassuring and calming for us to realise and to remember that God has everything under control. In, in your life and in your future years, God might not give you everything you want. He might not do that. Some of us have very long lists of the things that we want in life in the next few years. But God probably will give us everything that we need. He might not, but he probably will give us everything we need. Life here might not be as smooth, as happy or as easy as we would like it to be. But as these verses remind us here at the start of Colossians chapter 3, our home is not here on earth. Our home is in heaven. Our destiny, our reward, a place we're going to is in heaven. So we need to set our hearts and our minds upon these things. So look to heaven, not so much to the things of this life. Remind yourself that God has a plan for this world and he has a plan for our lives. And if we can come before him and surrender our own plans, lay those things down, then we can be reassured because we know that God is powerfully bringing about his plan. Not powerfully bringing about our plan, but he's powerfully bringing about his plan. So if we can put our own plans aside and worry more about his plan, then we can be a lot more relaxed and a lot more patient. And as we're reassured, we can be patient because our plans don't matter so much. But it's all about what God wants for this world, which is, of course, the best thing. God has things in store for us in our future months and the years, our future decades as well. He has things in store for us which completely outweigh and outlast anything that we can imagine. We might have images of what we want or what we need in life or what we hope to get, but God has bigger plans for us and he wants to give us even better things than what we are hoping of. 
not necessarily material or superficial sort of things, but he wants to give us spiritual blessings. So set your minds upon these things. And as you align your own desires with those of God Almighty, you can really relax a lot more, can't you? And you can be patient because you know that when you're working with God, God's on your side and he will make those things happen. You know, lack of patience can really destroy people. If we want to achieve something, we need to stick at it and we need to keep going at it, often year after year. But false moves of impatience can really wreck things. Think about a particular job you might have or broader than that, a career path you might be on. You might have been on that path for a couple of years now and you might get to a point where you just go, I've had enough of this. I've had enough of learning. If this apprenticeship's going to take me two years to complete or this university degree three years, then gee, maybe it's not worth it. Or if going through to year 12 is going to take me another four years, it's like, oh, that's four years I can't afford to spend on that. Or with our job, we might have been in a particular job for three or four years and get impatient and go, right, I'm going to leave that and start something completely new. Might be a good idea, but quite, might possibly be quite a bad idea. What about relationships? If you run out of patience in your relationships. Or you might be hoping for that special relationship in the future and you get impatient. Take things into your own hands and you can get yourself into a world of hurt in that way. It's so important to be patient. And to remember that the best things in life do not come easily. And the best things in life do not come overnight. Think of maturity. Maturity is like building a house one brick at a time and it's a very big house and it's something that we build all our lives. You don't just build maturity in six months but we need to keep on working our way at that. And that sense of loving and serving other people, we need to keep building that patiently in a, in a determined way. Same for wisdom and the same for a deep relationship with God. If we want to have that deep and abiding relationship with God, we need to just keep working at it bit by bit by bit. But be encouraged because if you can stick at it and keep on hanging in there and see things through, you'll achieve the goals that you have and most importantly achieve the goals that God has for your lives. Be reminded that God has big plans for each of us. Those plans are bigger and more amazing than we can ever imagine. And if we want to get there, we need to have patience and persevere. So hang in there. If you feel like giving up, if you feel like you've had enough, just keep hanging in there. Because patience really is the doorway to a lot of good things. But remember, if we lack patience, we can bring a lot of pain and disappointments into our own lives. So let's hang in there for God. Let's live for Him. And let's keep working away and be patient. Patience is a good thing. Let's pray together. And I've um, got a couple more songs of worship after this. Dear God, we just want to thank you for your word. Your word which just enlightens our world and our hearts and shows us the way. Lord God, help us to look to your word and to be guided by you every step of the way. Lord, we all have situations where we are frustrated and where we lack patience. And we pray for those situations. We just want to bring them before you now. And Lord, just in the quietness for a few seconds now, may each one of us bring before you something that we really would like you to bless us with patience in. Oh, 
Oh God, we bring these areas before you and we know that our strength, our determination is not enough. Lord God, lead us and guide us. Bless us with the patience and perseverance that we need. And Lord, as we think of the world that we live in, help us to not be kind of swept away or swept along by it, but help us to, in a persevering way, stick with you and to keep on living for you. And Lord, help us to remember that those most important, the best things in life don't come quickly or easily, but they come as we stick at it over the long term. So help us to really work towards the goals that you have in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.